Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Good afternoon. We're beaming across the world here from AM 1160. Hope for your life. You're right here in Chicago, but this sucker is terrestrial. Get out there and download the app. You can hear us from anywhere in the world. If you've got the AM 1160 app on your phone, I want to hear excuses. You're out in the soccer field. You're enjoying the summer day, whatever it might be. You can tune us in. Hey, listen, I also want to tell you that Faith Marketplace equips individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners, and with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. And boy, have we got one today. Again, I'm Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace and the founding partner of Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At Samurai, we say we put the win back in your sales. Hey, I have got two guests in, cl- in, in studio today. I am so excited. We are two. <laughs> Good to be and, here. And, and both of them at one time were hosts of a show yeah. of their own. Yeah. Together. Uh, and and, and uh, <laughs> probably to you listeners out there here at AM 1160, no one of these guys, his name is Carl Clausen. He's yeah. in studio with us today. Carl used to have a show here on AM 1160. Then he took off and got another popular show going, but he's still with us in spirit. Absolutely. All homecoming week as these guys came in here. And Junie Felix is back in the house. Great to be back here. Junie is here with us today. And these two guys are awesome. All I got to do is just sit back and wind them up. They're going to take the show. There's a lot of truth to that. (laughs) A lot of truth to that. But, hey, let's start with you, Carl, because maybe some of the audience has not as much of a memory. Or we got new audience, too. We got new listeners. So why don't we share with them. You had a quote that you shared with me. What is the quote and why is it important? It's my mission statement. Okay. Yeah, I've known this for 20 years. Okay. I exist to inspire a spiritual revolution within the church that reaches the world. Okay. And I can rattle that off. Uh, mm-hmm. You wake me up at 2 o'clock in the morning and say, what's your mission in life? And I'll rattle that off. And uh, you know what? That's due in large part to a lot of the bumps and bruises I had in life, figuring out, you know, who am I supposed to be? Am I supposed to be like this guy that I admire over here? How about this professor of mine? Shouldn't I be like him? And then God told me, no, it's okay. You can be like you. How I made you. And it was really a cool discovery. Well, you know, speaking of that, let's take it back a little bit here. Yeah. Because, again, given some, I don't know how much you shared with people before. What's your testimony? Oh, what, man, did I, you come out of Bouncing Baby Christian I'm, Boy? Yeah, that's the furthest thing from it. Okay. I came out bouncing into a church ah. because I was raised by a couple of parents that really loved the Lord. My dad more so than my mom. No, okay. they both loved the Lord. Dad more so was a freedom fighter in the sense of understood grace mm-hmm. and uh, championed that big time for me. But the dominant Christian culture that I was raised in, sadly, even though I was raised in a real freedom home, mm-hmm. the dominant Christian culture kind of dictated how I lived. Uh, and it was all about performance. It was what you look like and how you how you do. And yeah. uh, it was a failure for me. So at the age of 16, I really thought, and this is the tragedy, I thought I had experienced all of what you can experience with Jesus, and yet I didn't even know him personally. Wow. Mm. So I went out looking to get that 
I call it the uh, Pascal. You know, can't do better than Pascal. I called it God-shaped void. And it went from one thing to another, Bob. It went from uh, competing in the Iditarod Trail race across Alaska. It's an 1,100-mile dog sled race. And that didn't work to um, consuming a whole lot of cocaine, drinking mm-hmm. a lot of Crown Royal. Yep. Really hurting myself, injuring myself. Yep. Very much a life of the party on the outside, but the <laughs> truth be told, and this is why I know that I tell our greeting team at our church in the South Loop of, An- of Anchorage, of uh, Chicago, <laughs> all the time I tell them this, that people coming in are more afraid of you than you are of them. They mm. just, you just can't tell it because behind people's, what's go- they're presenting is a lot more pain and, and anguish. And I had that. So, you know what? After a lot of years of running from the Lord and really not seeing religiosity work, Jesus saved my life. He changed Mm. me. February 11th of 1984, he called me out of darkness, and he actually miraculously set me free from cocaine abuse and Crown Royal addiction and carousing. Wow. Mm -hmm. And how old were you at the time? I was 23 years old. 23. So he got you early. Yeah. I was in the desert for 36 years, dude. Yeah, 36 is a long time. Yeah, well, I only claim fame is I beat the Jews by four years. Yeah. They wandered around for 40. I made one way of putting it. You you are a hoot, Bob. (laughs) One of my favorite things about Carl's testimony is that he actually likes to let us know that he was actually saved twice. Oh. First from all that religiosity and posturing. Yes. And the second time. From self-help and trying to do it in my own strength. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know what? I'm glad Junie mentioned that because that's the biggest thing for me. And that's what I live to see people do. I think the vast majority of Christian businessmen Men, business women, and Christian people, mm-hmm. the vast majority listening to us here find that their faith doesn't work and they don't know where to go or where to talk about it. But they have this sense like some of these things are kicking my tail and I can't win. Yep. And uh, what Junie referred to is true because I got saved. My, my soul was saved mm-hmm. in 84, but it's been a there's been continued breakings, but through these breakings, I've been saved from religious performance because that mm-hmm. thing is just picking deadly, and it's dominant in the Christian marketplace. Right. Yep. And, uh, well, you know, the thing about it, too, is we've seen, you know, why this is faith marketplace and why we were talking about faith and work is because there's an intersection, as you know, in the Bible. We've been called, and we are built to work. Absolutely. And a lot of people, and to your point also, a lot of ministry does not talk about that you are in ministry when you're at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I'd never draw a line between secular and, uh, yeah. and sacred. Mm-hmm. the sacred yeah. or the spiritual labor because we're all God's workmanship. Yeah. And, and, and what I tell people, you plant where you're at, you know, and you're planted there. That, you know, it's Thrive. A, it's a bigger ministry. Thrive. Which a lot yeah. of people don't realize, you know, out in the marketplace, particularly with business owners, they have yeah. a lot of influence mm-hmm. over, their, their, over their employees, their vendors, and their customers. The average business owner has influence over 1,500 people. That's bigger than most churches. Yeah. So when you right. think about that. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. You know, and work is in the Bible more times than worship. Yeah. And it's so, so encouraging. It's, it's encouraging it to is. understand that strategic placement yeah. in the marketplace. Yeah, and that you can be in ministry. Mm-hmm. And look at the interaction we have with that, to your point. You know, where is church? I mean, Acts Church was where? You know, I, I'm kind of excited that I think some of that's coming back. Oh, it is. Oh, yes. I think it's coming back. And I think it's also going to be great for younger people because they're not wanting to be in the four walls of church. Well, a quick note on that because I've been praying a lot about this lately. Um, I had to repent of something because I used to be a pastor of a big old church, mm-hmm. 5,000, yep. 72 staff. 
Um, we were having to knock down $7 million a year to keep our budget going. Yeah. Let me tell you something I've learned and have been humbled by. Most pastors were trained, not even, it was almost a covert indoctrination that we are validated by how many people are coming and how much money is given. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that is dead wrong. We're called to make disciples. So I'm trying hard now to become a disciple maker and not be validated in anything by how many are coming, how much is selling, how much is doing, we're getting. Yeah, and that's the direction that we're headed. I feel the next iteration of the church has been confirmed by the Holy Spirit by many reliable sources is that we're moving into true discipleship and true discipleship is holistic. It's mind, body, spirit, and soul. And I'm super excited about it. And Carl, I love the way that you, you share some things on a daily basis that mm-hmm. are they're kind of jaw dropping, especially in the marketplace, because God's plan for us, God's system for us, which is terminolo- terminology I use all the time. It means that God is not interested in making your dreams come true. No, <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, can I share something here? Yeah, I, I was I was writing recently something that we might make reference to here, but I really don't care yeah. if we don't. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. really mean mm-hmm. that. But I was I was working with my general editor and I said, Amy, I've got a problem. Really neat gal, smart. She said, what's wrong? I said, I'm writing a chapter that I can't support biblically. Ooh. She said, what can't you support biblically? I said, Amy, I cannot support dream big. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I right. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. That's a man centered approach to living. Yep. Yep. But I, what I can write on Amy after I picked her up off the floor emotionally, because we're getting near a published date. Right. <laughs> right. And I said, what I can write is take risk, because risk is everywhere, because walking by faith is risk. But it's taking risk is about relying on God. And if, if you're a marketplace leader, if you're a church leader, whatever you are, whoever you are, I've known some of the heaviest hitter marketplace leaders you can imagine. The heaviest hitters. I mean, some big dogs <laughs> mm-hmm. and the, who are Christ followers. Yep. But the ones who are doing it best, they aren't out dreaming and concocting stuff. Right. They're walking with God by faith and taking risks into these next moves that yep. aren't presumptive, but they're truly being led by the Spirit of God. That's yep. right. And that's exactly. really cool. So, yeah, yeah Junie's right. right. Forget the dream big stuff. Yeah. That's so man-centered. When you yep. take risks with God, you'll go places you never could have dreamt. <laughs> yep. Yes. You better believe it. That's the key. And I've got some exciting stuff that's happening, too. I'll share a little bit later in the want to hear it. Hey, listen, before, I, before we get into the break here real quick, Carl, what do you want to t- people take away out of this today? You had a couple takeaways. Yeah. Uh, I want them to have hope. I want mm-hmm. them to have a, a dead-centered belief that um, what they believe. Now, some people are, are right now, here's what they think. Mm-hmm. They don't cognitively constantly think about this, but they look at some areas of their life. And you know what they think? Some wars aren't winnable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. they think. Yeah. You know what? Somebody, some, you know, it's great that Junie gets to get victories in these areas, but guess what? I'm just not going to win. It's just not for me. Yeah. Those are lies out of the pit of hell. Yep. And I desperately want people to understand, don't wave a white flag mm-hmm. when God has more. All right. I can't believe we're out of the first day. I knew this was going to go fast it today. This so is unbelievable. Fast. It's going fast. Hey, folks, you got to stay back for the next uh, the next version here because the the rest of the story is going to come out here because we have a, a book we're going to announce today that you guys are definitely going to get out there that mm-hmm. Carl has just written and released. Uh, and also, Junie's got some exciting things that she's doing out there. We'll talk about that. We'll be Sweet. right back. 
This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my special guests, Carl Clausen and Junie Felix, two uh, fabulous people. You know, I told you you're going to take over the show here, so you know, just expect <laughs> fasten your seatbelts, you know, because we're getting on a rocket ride here. Carl was sharing you, with you before we uh, we got in here was that you were going to be. Um, listening to some of the key things that he wanted. One of the other things, too, was uh, he's talked about and he spoke about in the last segment was uh, the biblical truth, you know, and, and he got stuck on when you were talking about being with your editor that you couldn't back it up biblically, but that's also something that he's sharing with us, biblical uh, path forward. Yes. And I think that is, why don't you, why don't you expound upon that? Yeah, that you know, I want to go to something. I feel led by this. Jeremiah 2, we find... Um, God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah, and mm-hmm. he says, let me read directly from yeah. the word. This is really a cool thing. Be appalled, O heavens, that this be shocked, be utterly desolate, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. Number one, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And two, this is fascinating, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. This struck me, um, and I'll tell you why. Junie knows this. Uh, but Bob, I, I want I want you you that are listening. I want you to get this. What what Jeremiah was saying here on behalf of the Lord is something really powerful. In the spring, water would come down off the hillside, and they would that water would flow then into these carved out areas of rock. They're reservoirs. Mm-hmm. But he used. Isn't it cool how God used everyday life to illustrate things? And he looked at their lives, and he said, "Your lives are like these cisterns that leak. They don't hold water, and you've just cut me off." Mm-hmm. You know, we have not broken cisterns, but we have broken systems in our life today, right. and our broken systems are built on all kinds of false premises about God, false premises about ourselves, false premises about how the world goes around. And I, I believe the, the gospel is so relevant. The scriptures are so relevant to restructure the systems of our life. And I do believe we have spiritual systems that are broken. Yep. Which yep. makes perfect sense because God is a systems guy. It's totally. all throughout the scripture. God <laughs> is a systems guy. If you look at Romans 1, you know, we have the manifestations of his will all over us. That's what we call reality. And in his system, we have the ability to move forward if we follow his system and not our own, which is one of the things that Carl helps us to do so so well, not just in his writing, but in the radio show. And you too, Bob. You know, when we get in alignment with God's system, which is not about the go big at all, it's nope. all about the tiny incremental manifestations that create reality. So I'd love for you to talk about some of those systems that we depend on so much that really do deceive us. Oh my goodness. Um, You know, I've iterated them here and I I think I'd feel led to do is just let me cite some here, just yeah, quickly. Please. The, well, um, first of all, where are you yeah. citing them from? Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We I did gotta it. I got to stop you, buddy. Let's <laughs> talk Let about that. Them. What is this I, book? I just Talk can't. about it. I am, I am loath on this. Okay. So I'm just going to say this. God truly inspired me to write something that is going to – I have no intention to write anything else. I've mm-hmm. bu- built a robust website. I'm going to start doing coaching every month on this stuff. Okay. Nice. I'm going to mm-hmm. go for it because – um, as imperfect a writing as this is, I'm committed to this the rest of my life. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so what is it? <clears throat> it's uh, the, seven, it the seven resolutions. Seven resolutions. Okay. Where, where I'd like to byline more. Where okay. self-help ends and God's power begins. I love it. And <laughs> there so you go. Cool. Uh, there's too much self-help in the Christian life today. Right. And uh, they, we wonder, they, I, mm-hmm. we wonder 
why we're stuck so often. Okay, so what is this one? Here's some broken systems we have. We lack essential spiritual discipline, so we miss out on hearing the voice of God the moment we need it most. Mm. Um, spiritual disciplines are not the way we prove our love to God. It's the way he shows his love for us. Yep. When we begin to go into the word, not checking a box, but to meet with God, open our heart and listen to him speak. Oh, my goodness. Something can happen that's powerful. And many people have a system of checking a box, therefore spiritual disciplines, and even hearing the voice of God is foreign. Yep. And God wants to fix that because he doesn't want you going to church. He wants you to be the church. Yeah. He doesn't want you <laughs> running you your company. He wants to walk with you as you run your company. By the way, that's his company. It's his company. <laughs> it's his company. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Second, we're not mindful of who we are in Christ, so we're easily beaten back into a cave of insecurity and inaction. That's uh, a big one. It's a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we don't get our identity, Junie's a phenomenal example of a woman that has overcome um, trauma mm-hmm. in a way that she was totally re-identified of who she is as a princess warrior of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Right, Junie? Yeah, and it was very intentional. How did that happen for you? Well, I just, uh, from the beginning, I heard from God through his word, and I started reading things in the scripture that didn't align with what my trauma was telling me. And so when you grow up in chaos, abuse, and trauma, and hunger, want, and need, you believe lies about your worth and your value in the world. But when I was 17, and I was working half the day and going to high school the other half the day to take care of my family, someone gave me a Bible. And I started reading that word, and God gave me faith to believe. I saw some things in the scriptures that did not align with the lies my trauma was telling me. And I was very intentional about it. I would write it with Sharpies all over my skin. I would read it all day long over and over again. I am loved. I am loved. I am loved. Even though everything in my life had taught me otherwise. That identity in Christ, that facet of the gem of who we are in Christ really does bring so much freedom. Is that true? Yep. Let me hit a couple more, but I won't hit all seven of these. These are just, these are, these these seven that I'm, I'm going to cite a couple from are just the downside of a broken system that my prayer is that the seven resolutions turn on its head. And a resolution, in my sense, is not to go in your own power, but to agree with God. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jonathan Edwards was huge on resolutions, and they were very fruitful in his life. Um, let me give you one, though, that we often kick to the curb. We don't redeem time. Mm. So we see our days swallowed up by others' expectations and squandered by our weaknesses. This is a big one. A lot of people think Zig Ziglar or Stephen Covey invented time management. (laughs) Uh, The funny thing is, is that if you just go to Psalm 90, you find, teach us to number our days, oh God, Moses said in the one psalm he wrote. So if, if a guy's writing one psalm and that's all he's got to write in the hymnal, yeah. You ought to be listening to what he's writing, yep. especially if it's Moses at the end of 40 years of wandering. Yep. This is what he said. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Let me give you a cool discovery I had on this one. Oh, <laughs> this is so exciting. <laughs> wise people don't redeem time. People who would redeem time become wise. There you go. That's nice. what Moses said. Mm-hmm. So go. time redemption is for anyone. Even a guy like me can learn how to do it. Yep. Um, and it's a powerful, powerful thing. And, you know, redeeming time, according to Ephesians 3, the Apostle Paul and some of his teachings, is just amazing because teach us, teach us to number our days. B- 
uh, redeem the time because the days are what? Evil. And then he goes on into why time redemption is so important. And it's directly correlated with sexual immorality and all kinds of other stuff. And here's what I'm convinced of. And I coach men in this all the time. I tell them, you're getting into problems. Unseized time always flows to your weakness. A guy named Gordon McDonald wrote Ordering Your Private World about 25 years ago. Oh, yes, yes. Great book. Mm -hmm. And I got four of his statements in this chapter. But he he nails it. It is true. Unseized time flows to our weaknesses. So I tell guys all the time, you log when you're making compromise. And I guarantee you. You're either sitting around, you're bored, you're tired, you're discouraged, something. Or you're distracted. Distracted. Yes. I mean, I think about how you often encourage us to aim that time at something specific. Boom. And, you know, Carl, he practices what he preaches. His whole household does. I mean, there was one time, and he shares a little bit about this in this work that I'm so excited about, but his his bride, Junan, who's one of my dear friends, she said for your anniversary, she wanted a year of no television. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Talk about redeeming time. Yeah. I I made the grave error of telling her, I want you to tell me what you want for our anniversary. (laughs) And so when she said no television for a year, I said, what else would you like? (laughs) (laughs) But But I gave her the first one. Amazing treasures came from that one thing. It could could be no technology period for a year. Well, let me tell you, (laughs) let me tell you, I'm on the verge. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to break some news right here. Yeah. I'm on the verge of going to a dumb phone. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Okay. I am very undisciplined to mm-hmm. not look at breaking things or mm-hmm. go down Twitter holes or right. I don't have the ability to see anyone's social media from Facebook because I've, I've got one of these public figure things and I didn't right. know what a blessing that was to have because it shuts you out of everyone else's feed. Yeah. But I want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, these little machines called smartphones are destroying a lot of people spiritually. They are. I mean, we got to be honest with that. They're really harmful. So we've, you know, God wants to get control of these. But by the way, please don't hear me say by your strength, because you can't do anything in your strength. Yep. You bet. But you can be intentional and you can be strategic. In the power of Christ, you can do a ton of strategy and be intentional. You can lean in. You know, you brought something up here, and I want to give our listeners this, because Carl brought uh, something special today. We do have a, a giveaway. And so uh, what that's going to be is he's going to give a free assessment uh, at 7resolutions.com yeah. for anybody, anybody listening today that texts me at 312-210-0603 with the keyword 7 S-E-V-E-N, and you will get that puppy free, a download. We'll make sure that you get that. So text me. We'll get you back the URL for get that free download. I think it's very generous, Carl, to be well, doing that. Well, I'm really pumped about this, and let me tell you, it's this is super important. Mm-hmm. I don't want there to be a barrier to entry, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Yep. Um, I'm even doing discipleship at our church, and I so don't want to have a weird thing with the, this book that we just give PDFs to people if they want it. Yep. Just getting just so that we aren't getting weirded out on that, right? Yeah. But the the seven resolutions dot com assessment. Here's what it will do for you. 
it, you will understand, because we put a lot of work into this thing, you will understand right away which of these resolutions am I weak, where am I stronger. But the goal is to keep revisiting and keep moving the dial moving up. up. Yeah, and it's awesome to watch people And according come back. to Junie, you're a living, uh, walking, breathing example of this, so this is going to be great. I can't believe it, our segment is up. This is unbelievable. Hey, folks, you <laughs> got to stay tuned because we got more to come here with Carl and Junie, and you're going to love it, believe me. Uh, so stay tuned for the next segment here on faithmarketplace.com. Uh, get out there and check it out, too. We've got a new website out there. We're going to be right back with Carl and Junie. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, <laughs> equip, and encourage Christian <laughs> business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. We're back here with uh, Junie and Carl. Before we do that, uh, are you looking for fun uh, for a few ways to increase your bro- business? Are you hungry for business relationships that matter, that help you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually? Welcome to G7 Networking with Purpose, where we form relationships that lead to quality referrals and life transformation. Experience networking with other like-minded and spirit via monthly meetings that follow a powerful format that invite interaction and connection. Immerse yourself in the proprietary G7 app, sharing leads, prayer requests, and increased visibility with the entire G7 network. Chapters are forming here in Chicagoland, all over the place, and I'm proud to say we have six of them started already. God's working, folks. This train has left the station. Uh, we also have chapters starting up now in Florida, Texas, Missouri, Ohio, Pennsylvania. So uh, God is at work mightily with this. So I want you to get out there. Text me at 312-210-0603. I'm now taking a regional uh, leadership position. Text me there, and I'll be more than happy to let you know how you can get involved in G7. Carl, you're back here. Now, buddy, you started teasing people with the assessment, okay? And so I want you to to tell uh, our audience then, um, you, you started to dig into a little bit. What's the assessment about and, what, and then the follow through on that? Yeah, so the assessment is geared to really help people understand where they are um, and where they might be missing it. You know, it's really cool to have outside sources look into our life. Yes. Because <laughs> sometimes we don't see ourselves rightly. And you think we got blind spots? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a couple. But, you know, you, you think sometimes, well, can the technological world help with this? And the fact mm-hmm. is it can. Because yes. yep. we can plug really super-duper authentic, probing, honest questions into this big data system, right? Mm-hmm. And then that spits out some results after we get a series that shows some trend lines. And that's what we've done with Seven Resolutions. We actually contracted with a really cool company that does these for their living. Mm. And we have 99 point something percent probability that the results that we have in the seven resolutions are going to help identify your strongest um, your strongest areas of living, whether it be joining God, redeeming time, focusing energy, uh, effort, uh, whatever it may be of the seven resolutions, and then where you might uh, need to grow stronger. The goal of this is not to discourage anyone, nor will you be discouraged. It will give you some real objective lenses. I've had a lot of people tell me that one of the biggest, most surprising things was that they learned that they do not know how, nor are they proficiently killing sin. Hmm. And ironically, <laughs> Paul in Romans and Jesus over and over, and Paul in Ephesians and Jesus over and over says, put sin 
to death. Mm. We manage sin. We hide sin. We push it into the shadows. We justify it. We blame our mom and dad. We blame our spouse. But we don't kill it. Right. And we're called to kill sin. When Jesus had put it to death, and, and the Apostle Paul says, put to death, therefore, by the Spirit of God, all these sinful things, he means put it to death. And you know what? It's a joy to watch us get victory in that area of our life. So that's been in the seven uh, resolutions assessment. That's been a big one for people to discover. Yeah. Yeah. You've got something to add to that. I know you do. I can see it in your face. <laughs> well, no, I just, I'm just really excited about it because it's just such an, a healthy approach to discipleship, which, you know, sometimes we call the D word because people don't want to hear it. Yep. But it does help us to understand what true discipleship is. And so I'm, I'm definitely excited about this work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of discipleship, I mean, because that's one of the first things, obviously, God said, go out, you know, Jesus said, go out and make disciples. What's your take on that as far as modern day making disciples? Well, first of all, you have to make sure that you are at a place in life where you are in a living relationship with God. Okay. And especially since I'm in the trauma community, we have to start from the very beginning because some many people don't even know what a relationship is or a healthy relationship is. And so understanding what Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they would know you and the one who you sent. That means getting to know God better and better, and that means looking for him. No matter how tiny, every little speck of goodness you can find to focus on and praise God for, those are some of the ways that you can grow in the knowledge of who God is, which increases your love for him. To know him is to love him. Yep. And we can't make disciples if we don't know the Lord the in an intimate to, way. To your yes. point also, you gotta model this. People yes. watch your walk. You know, the talk is one thing, but people watch your walk, and particularly young people. If you're a professed Christian and you're walking, you know, in one direction, you're talking another direction, boy, does that, that, oh, that yeah. will kill it faster than you can imagine. Bob, Junie mentioned something, though, that I want to follow up on, sure. and I've never shared this yet. I had a Here exclusively on no, our show? You're I, going no, to I'm going to do this. Okay. And I would planned to share this with our church in a week or two. Okay. But I'm going to do this now. I had a huge epiphany talking with my bride here two nights ago, mm -hmm. my bride, Janine. We, well, we've been married 34 years, but I call her my bride. God bless. Um, but um, we were talking about uh, sin mm -hmm. and putting it to death. And I need to say something to someone out there who, when you think about putting sin to death, this strikes a blow to you and it's almost too discouraging. And here's why. It comes back to our identity discussion. But if you see that your sin is somehow a reflection of who you are. That's right. Then this is what's going to happen. You will be slower to put that sin to death because every time you deal a blow to it, you're dealing mm -hmm. a blow to self. Yep. So it's very important that we understand that we are not called sinners by God. We are called saints. And yes, we can sin. But there needs to be this holy separation. I mean, on the high ridge of, of who we are in Christ and killing sin is clear identity, who I am in Jesus, and sin does happen, and I'm going to put it to death. On the one side, you fall off the high ridge, and what do you got? You got guys out there that are going, I'm under grace. I don't sweat it. I'm going to go sin. And a little more. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, that's the problem because you can be deceived. You might not even right. be born again. You might be you know, who knows or who right. knows what's going on. But on the other side are people that are sinning, but they can't seem to get that spiritual separation between I'm not a sinner. I'm a saint who sins in the sin. And therefore, every time they do sin, it's an 
it's an indictment on them as a person. Mm -hmm. And so when you tell that person, go kill that sin, it's actually feels to them like you're saying, go kill yourself. And that's, I know that's a little bit nuanced. I don't know if I'm clear with that. So in in the resolution mm -hmm. part of this, I just want to make sure it's clear because, you know, is there, is there some definitive things in here, what sin is? Oh yeah. Examples of what that sin is? The scriptures over and over again. Okay. Absolutely. And, and you know what, here's what we know too. The Holy Spirit convicts his kids what sin is. Right. If you know what is right and don't do it to you, it is sin. But, and that's the half brother of Jesus who said that. But I would say this. We need to be careful because not a lot of people understand how important it is to know who you are in Jesus so that when you go hit and sin, those aren't overlapping and meshed where you feel like, I, I've i sinned. Yes, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Therefore, I am awful. No, right. you're a yeah. child of the Most High God. And right. that goes with also knowing how God feels about you. Totally. Right. Because in yep. reality... Your sin is not something that's between you and God. Your sin is right there, but Jesus is right there beside you. There He's you with you He's like a perfect, loving yeah. yes. Father right there with you saying, wow, Junie, you made a mess, but we're in this together. Yeah. I'm with you. Yes. You're journeying yeah. with God. I and, to tell you, know, you Emmanuel, God with us. Yes. There's not exactly. a big pile of sin between you and Jesus. Boom. It's yeah. you and your papa. Yeah, right it's, it's, really, it's really something I've been doing for a number of years now because obviously, you know, um, when you're you're in it like we are, and you guys are even more deeper in it than I am, but uh, you know you're under attack. Oh you know, my And I've been goodness. under attack numerous times. But one of the things is the phrase is "get behind thee." You right. know, devil. Jesus, and my phrase is, "Hey, Jesus, just take care of this guy and get him off my back." Right. It is unbelievable, almost within seconds, how I feel this relief off my shoulders because of this thing that I'm feeling, whether it's about my family member or somebody that I know or whatever, it it just becomes this, because I am evoking Christ coming in and being able and the Holy Spirit taking over it because I can't do this by myself. I Mm -hmm. struggle with it. And it's become clearer and clearer to me when this is happening, you know, and and being able to take and and, uh, have that at least as part of it. Now, uh, I'm asking you those questions about sin because sin can be different things to different people. Absolutely. Okay? So, you know, not to get legalistic about this because it's in the Word of God, but saying, okay, what does that look like? And especially in modern terms, because I can be sinning and don't even know what I'm doing it. Yeah, know? yeah. And uh, I, I, I trust the Holy Spirit more with this than the average preacher. I don't right. know, need to go preach on it. I find that I, I think it's this way with finances and anything. I, Help people let the Lord get their heart, and he'll take care of the rest. Now, with regard to specificity of sin, you know, the Holy Spirit will prompt you with it. But here's what I just feel urged to say. Please. Please do not let, for a moment, Satan tell you that what you've done wrong defines you. Right. That is the problem. Right. Uh, When you are bought and paid for, uh, really, the power of the gospel is that God sees you through the scrim of the blood of Jesus Christ. He doesn't see you as you are. I died and my life is now hidden with Christ and God. Right. Well, Gusson, I got to make sure you guys get this right. Get out there and text us at 312-210-0603. Keyword seven spelled out seven. And you're going to get 
access to a free assessment of the seven resolutions.com. And I think uh, Carl is bringing this thing, so you better get out there and check it out because I'm going to be online. I'm going out there. I'm going to get this because I want to have this assessment and really yeah, figure a, this out for myself. Tool. You know? I use yeah. it all the time. Yep. Yeah. Hey, listen, Carl, before we get away on this segment, because I can't believe we're running out of time already. Uh, two things. Number one, words of wisdom you've given to your younger self. And I know you were pretty specific about that. I would, uh, I, oh, this is funny. They are so prepared around here. I'm like, all right, what did I say in prep? Where is this thing? I want to see if what's <laughs> on my heart is what I said. Uh, I can't find it. So let me tell you what's on my heart. I would tell my younger self, without a doubt, don't live for the applause of man, live for the praise and the glory of God. And and I would immediately extricate myself from any notion that my life is validated by how I perform. It's how God performed through Jesus Christ on the cross. You hit it on the nail down the point there. Uh, and also, you spoke about humility because that was oh really no the, no the this, part is right there. Yeah. this is huge. This is huge. The We're big done. the biggest thing. <laughs> We're the, done. That's it. That's it. Hey, folks, you got to stay tuned because we got more to come here with Carl and Junie, and you're going to love it, believe me. Uh, So stay tuned for the next segment here on Faith Marketplace. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, (laughs) equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with Junie and... Carl Clausen, Jenny Felix, and Carl Clausen. And uh, we're going to have a roundtable discussion here on a topic that we just got gave me a cliffhanger on before, okay? But uh, I want to also get out there. Where's your book going to be out? Is it in Amazon? It's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. Uh, it's everywhere. And uh, it's awesome because we're going into a second printing. All right. Isn't that cool? I love it. All right. It's, um, and, and really, that's the grace of God. But it's it's Amazon, and uh, that's the easiest place to go. Okay. Get. Mm-hmm. We left you with a cliffhanger on the last one there. We just start to talk about humility because that was one of the things that Carl had, and obviously it started coming out uh, about that. So I'm going to throw it out here to you guys. So, what is humility to you, Carl? Humility is one of the most important things you can understand in your relationship with God. I mean, it's all through the scriptures. I think even at the top of my brain right now is God gives grace to the humble. You know, he he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And what better gift is there than grace? So I think humility is one of the most foundational principles that God wants us to understand. And we get it wrong a lot. Andrew Murray is my favorite author. Yeah. And so you got a quote in here. And uh, he says in the book Humility, he says, humility is the one virtue that gives birth to every other virtue. Yep. When I read that, I'm like, oh, that's so true. You know, I've never, ever resented one time being humble. Yeah. I've regretted being proud many times. Oh, 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 buddy. Mm -hmm. You struck a chord with me because I had the privilege and the honor of going to dinner with Ken Blanchard a number of years ago. And boy, the guy just codifies everything. And he gave me a prayer, or gave all the table the prayer that night because my biggest sin is my pride. I'll just raise my hand. It's my pride. And so he gave us a simple, and I love it. It just so hits it on the head. God, take the eye out of me, fill me with you, and cloak me in humility. I say that multiple times a day because... Well, that's a beautiful prayer. <laughs> it is be- and it's simple. It's just take the eye out of me, fill me with you, and cloak me in humility. So what are you doing? You're asking the Holy Spirit, come in here, just flush this out of me, you know, make sure that I stay humble. And the interesting thing about humility, and I want Junior to speak to this because she's doing something with tiny habits. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, the, the interesting thing is, I don't care if you are tantamountly prideful or hugely traumatized, 
humility is a prerequisite for everybody. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's in everyone. Here's the beautiful thing. You don't have to have fin- fancy footwork or be highly educated to be humble. Yeah. And mm-hmm. hey, guess what? Humble yourself under God's mighty hand and he will lift you up, First Peter 5. So that is huge. I got to tell you, some of the most unhumble people I've ever met have been highly educated. <laughs> yeah. It can be that way. <laughs> it, it, it really. Knowledge Junior, does pop We up. didn't get a chance to talk a little bit about your work and what you're involved in right now, because I know that you are very humble, and, and, and you, you, you ooze humility. And the work that you're doing now with the folks that you do, so just tell folks about the Tiny Habits real quickly and what we're doing with that. Well, Tiny Habits is one of the methods that we use in the science of behavior design. I do teach the science of human behavior through behavior design, and this is out of Stanford. My man, my mentor there uh, created the science of behavior design back in the 90s, you know, back when a lot of the things he was saying nobody would have ever believed would come to pass. And yeah. now we deal with it every day because, yes, it all came to pass. But, yeah, Tiny Habits is important in the faith journey because it is God's design for human behavior mm. and it's keeping it tiny and keeping it simple which goes back into our conversation about humility yep. because as a parent I I mean I have two wonderful sons who love the Lord and they are disciples and from the beginning I read in the scriptures that I'm to raise I'm to make disciples I'm yes. to raise yep. disciples so I never treated them like extensions of myself or my property because I've understood they belong to God because of the word and so sometimes um, people will ask me about my sons and their love for God and their desire to serve. And I just say, well, they've only ever witnessed me being completely desperate and dependent on God. And if you think about children, they're not ashamed to ask their parents, their loving, healthy parents for what they need, because they understand that their parents are going to provide for them. As believers, if we understand God the Father in that way, then being completely dependent on him, having that kind of childlike faith and humility is something that brings joy and abundance into our life instead of something that holds us back. If we could just understand how to humbly dependent on God the way that our kids do Boom. in healthy homes. It's right yeah. on. Boy, that is so profound. And you you are the shining example of that. I, I wish everybody out there could experience Junior yeah. Felix one of these days. And Carl, you are such an inspiration. I want to thank you so much for coming on it's the show. A joy I know to you're be a busy, here, busy dude. And both of you are very busy. Too and when busy. Junie, when Junie say, served this up to me, I thought, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we got to have these two. And, and, and they embraced me by being in studio. And there's nothing better than that, folks, because the Holy Spirit is in the room. You got and that And he's right. talking through us. And he's talking through you. So I don't want to shortchange humility here because it's a really deep subject. Yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you guys, particularly for both, how do you manifest that in your lives? How do you manifest humility? Well, if you don't mind, I'll yeah. grab this first. And even going back to that word busyness, let's just get rid of that. Okay. It's not a badge of honor. It's something so unhealthy. Yeah. But what God has taught me, I call every day a Sabbath day. Now, you and I have a friend in common who has a right. very popular podcast called Every Day is Saturday. God taught me how to make every day a Sabbath day. And it's all about humility. Mm-hmm. For example, it's all about the tiny. So if I send an email and I complete that task, I'll just turn my palms up in humble appreciation to God and take a 15-second tiny meditation where I just say, thank you, Jesus. Take one tiny deep breath. Yeah, that's right this on. is surrender. This is humility in tiny little doses. So if I wanted to be silly and say, oh, I meditate 20 minutes a day, no, it's one minute at a time. All throughout right. the day. Because I'm dependent on God for I restoration for my next task. Yeah. Walking in the Spirit is what Junie's talking about. Yep. And yeah. if uh, Paul says, if you live in the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. And I think a lot of us live life at a very horizontal level. 
And I do what Junie says. All throughout a show that I do, I, I lift up my gaze. Sometimes I lift a palm before the Lord. And I will ask the Lord to speed the Holy Spirit promptings. And there are more increasing times in my life that there is teleprompted words that the Holy Spirit's wanting me to say. Even while I'm in here right now, in the mm-hmm. last hour, I've yeah. had teleprompted words. Sometimes it was, yield to Junie on this one. Oh, don't say that. That that could sound self-aggrandizing, but it's, it happens in a nanosecond where the Holy Spirit's prompting you along. So humility actually positions you to hear the voice of God. Amen. And it's and it's nothing we do. All we're doing is positioning ourselves where He can do something. There All hum, humility isn't something we do, or else now right. you're proud. Right. Humility is positioning yourself yeah. so that He can do something. Yeah. Yeah, if, you, well, if, you're, if you're humble and proud of it, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. And right, something exactly. we say at the C.S. Lewis Institute is that if you make a good pie, you make a good pie. Okay. You know, you don't have, have false humility. <laughs> no, no, you know? absolutely. If you preached a good message, go, I think that went pretty well. And that's okay. And it's okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you got to know when, when to know, right, yeah. with some of this stuff. But that's why I'm picking at you guys a little bit because, again, you, you are profoundly into self-awareness and also the Spirit, Gotta the Holy be. Spirit, okay? And, and I think that's where, again, when you start talking about those disciplines is how do you get those disciplines? You know, uh, I'm with you, Carl. You know, it's, that's not being taught a lot. No. Uh, and, and, you know, the other thing, that, again, because of the, the nature of the show and why God even called me into this, it's not being preached from the pulpit that you that get up and go to work on Monday, you're leaving Jesus in the car. You know, because that is a mission field yeah, for you. big time. Work is a mission field. Big you know? time. Business is a mission field. And we need it so desperately today. Desperately. We really do. And uh, that's why, you know, uh, I've gotten involved with G7 because I see this now in practical application, how they now they can practically bring faith and work together. One of these meetings, and I was telling you earlier, you, when you hear a testimony and there's not a dry eye in that room. These are business people, you know, sitting around and, you know, there for that. But there's not a dry eye in the room when somebody opens up the camera and really talks about something very profound in their life. Yeah. It is amazing what yeah. goes on. It's just incredible. I can't believe we're out of time. All right. Gee, Merry Christmas. Folks, get out there and check us out at faithmarketplace.com. Get out there and check out Carl's book. Get, again, 312-210-0603 with the keyword 7. We're going to give you access to the assessment, and you're going to want this thing because, man, if you're listening to this and you don't want that, there's something wrong with you. It's probably you get you need some discipleship. You need Carl's book for sure. We're gonna be back here next Saturday, <laughs> noon to one o'clock, where you're gonna hopefully give you some inspiration out there in the marketplace and some practical tips and ideas that you can take with you. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.